another Biterian collection of the bit by bit podcast uh, we're inching a little bit closer to christmas uh it's a special one we're doing a double feature of home alone also by the time this episode will come out we passed your birthday so uh happy birthday in advance or happy belated birthday i guess technically by the time this comes out uh what's the big birthday plans let the listeners know um nothing big planned i gotta work uh my birthday oh dang so today is really kind of like i guess the birthday day i'm just gonna watch movies and catch up on stuff probably go get something good to eat so just a, a little chill day enjoying what i've um what i've worked for <laughs> which is like <laughs> peace <laughs> and a nice place to myself so that's hey. about it well hey made it another year around the sun yeah 27 years 27 years hey it's not bad you getting up there as the old folks say you getting up there <laughs> Duh, you you older than me <laughs> we're really the same age <laughs> I can't have you put my age out there on the internet. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're talking about Home Alone, uh, written by John Hughes, who I'm a fan of, um, and directed by Chris Columbus. And I didn't know he had wrote or directed uh, both films. Here, let me take my phone off the charger. And came the first one came out in 1990. And, you know, I guess this is... Macaulay Culkin had been known for many films before this, but I feel like this is obviously one of like those ones you yeah, show this people. Is, yeah, I mean, this is his film, like yeah. his breakout. What is is what he's known for? Yeah, like you, you put this like the Home Alone franchise, and then like whatever he was hanging around Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. So. He 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 was back to back with both films. It's like he really was two for two. (laughs) Yeah, I I will say I think his acting was worse than the second one. It's not as up up to par as the first one. You can tell he kind of grew up Mm -hmm. a little bit, and I don't think his acting really improved. uh, Or you just couldn't, like, hide it as much. I don't know if it was, like, because there is the gap of it, or I don't even know if it's, like, fully his acting or maybe it's just the story of the movie because like because a part of me felt that way because i'm like is it macaulay culkin and his acting um because a, a bit of me felt that way uh like all right he he's a little bit off and this is just like okay what's not clicking here but then at the same time like this whole film is really just the first one it's, it, literally, it's literally just that. It's yeah, like, let's just it, go off the first one again. Beat by beat, the second one is the exact same movie. Yeah. They just set it in New York. Mm-hmm. 
like we took the wet bandits and made them the sticky bandits. And instead of now the family's going to Paris, we're going to go to Miami and we lost Kevin again. And it's like, this and is literally the same film. The exact same side characters. The mm-hmm. um, bird lady is the guy uh, mm-hmm. that lived in the neighborhood in the first one. Exactly. Cause I was thinking Which, that too. It's, it's interesting because the second one does feel a little bigger um, than the first one. Um, it does. But I think the first one is better because it has... I don't know. It's, it feels like more of a comfort film than the second one does. Um, the first one you relate to a tad bit more in the sense of, I don't know if it's like residential. Uh, it takes place in more of like a neighborhood vibe. Of yeah. It, and you feel the loneliness and lonesomeness of this child. And you're like, okay, I really connect with him being at home by himself. And everyone mm-hmm. has gotten that or had that feeling of just being at home at one point by themselves. But the, oh, I'm just lost in a big city and my family forgot about me again. Like, all right, like they're just forgetting and, about you all this time. Like, and they right. reference, they reference it so much. We did it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I'm like, all right, this is like the exact <laughs> same movie. But I will say the first one, I think you touched on it a little bit. The first one has like that comfort of like a suburban Illinois feel mm-hmm. with like snow on the ground. I'm, I'm like, maybe this is what I connect to when I watch it is that being a kid, this is kind of how it felt. Um, like around Christmas time. Mm. So I, I think that's one of the things that really connects me with the movie. But also, I was thinking. Uh, and the second one, when they go to O'Hare, O'Hare is the it has the ex- exact same decorations every year. It, <laughs> O'Hare looks exactly how it does in the movie <laughs> now. Like <laughs> it has not upgraded. <laughs> no, I mean it. It looks a little newer, but they put the same exact decorations up. That is hilarious. I thought it was. Um, I really liked the first one. I thought it was interesting how. And I've always liked the first one for this reason, or not solely for this reason, but I think the first one is the reason that I start liking as a child Pepsi and cheese pizza, in which mm-hmm. to this point now, I don't like cheese pizza because I'm lactose intolerant, but uh, the Pepsi and cheese pizza combo, I used to like, yeah. love it as a kid. Like, you know, those little like book contests, they'd be like, oh, you got to read so many books and then you get like a pizza party. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh man, I got to get Pepsi and cheese pizza. And I liked it solely because of Home Alone. And I think it's because I seen Fuller drinking the Pepsi, but I didn't realize how much of like the marketing promo was in this movie. Like Michael yeah. Jordan uh like i noticed it as a kid but i just was like oh this is so cool but then the second one everybody's drinking coke uh it's they i think they're wearing like adidas they're wearing this they're wearing that and it's like all right and i forgot during that period i think macaulay coken was in a nike commercial with my uh michael jackson and mm-hmm. michael jordan so it, it somewhat made sense but it's interesting in the first one, there's a direct scene where he's about to eat macaroni, mm-hmm. and it's like the ad word. Like he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna eat this delicious macaroni that's made by so and so or something." And I'm like, 
this is a a complete advertisement <laughs> of whatever this is. It might have been like home homemade or something, but yeah, it was an ad for macaroni, and then the doorbell goes off, and the uh, the wet bandits are there. Are there? And I'm like, yeah, this they just shoot this scene in to um, appease whoever that company was. It's a good thing that they showed up. He was having macaroni and a glass of milk, so <laughs> his little stomach was about to go crazy. Anyways, <laughs> it was not a good Christmas dinner. <laughs> I seen that. And I was like, man, he having a school lunch special. I was like, oh lord. <laughs> I was oh oh my god, please stop this kid. <laughs> Now that's what they used to serve the school lunches. I was, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I will say it's interesting because I see a lot of the talk online about this movie is that he's the like a so no. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, outside of the parents, is that he's like a sociopath <laughs> because of how <laughs> how much like the violence he inflicts on the wet bandits, <laughs> and I'm, I mean. He does go. He does go pretty far in the second movie in the to second where they he they was throwing bricks. Yeah, they should have been dead on the first time, the first interactions they had with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, my point was on that was, or no, I think my point was on that. But I don't blame him for not liking his family in the first or the second one. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of shoehorned in at the end where he's, oh, I miss my family. That's fair. It's like full-on family propaganda because I I don't think he would have just made up um, or it would have just been cool at the end where he misses every one of them and it's all happy-go-lucky. Like they was they were treating him like shit. I see growing up and watching this movie like every year. Cause I didn't realize how much I watched Home Alone growing up. I I used to watch the first one a lot. Um, a, I mean a lot. I didn't use, I didn't watch the second one a lot. I watched the first one a mm-hmm. lot, and I used to feel so bad for Kevin. And I used to be like, man, I really don't like Uncle Frank, and I don't like Fuller, and I couldn't stand his brother either. Um, buzz and i'm like man they really are treating this kid badly but then i thought about it when re-watching it yesterday yesterday and today are they really treating them that bad like they're treating them badly but we don't really know the backstory to kevin <laughs> like kevin really could be like that one kid in the family and they really were saying like kevin is that one kid. Now I'm not saying that was warranted. You got to sleep in the attic. I was like, all right, this is a little too much. And they knew they their cousin had like a peeing problem where he peed in the bed. And they, yeah, that's also the punishment. You got to sleep in the bed with him too. I was like, all right, you guys are like really putting this kid through a lot. Well, I'll say in the second one, they're really shitty because. <laughs> One a year ago, you go through these events where you left him. Mm-hmm. So this time comes around, and you still forget him too. Well, before that, during the little Christmas party or the Christmas um, mm-hmm. event, 
Buzz is uh, making fun of him. And the whole crowd is going crazy laughing at him, like parents and everything. And his so, parents are just like sitting there. Yeah. So when he pushes Buzz, it's like, okay, I get it. But then there's a whole other reaction where everybody starts falling and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they make uh, Kevin, he got to apologize in front of uh, the whole family. Mm-hmm. Like, you you know, they was just like going crazy on him. You don't feel no empathy for him. That part, I will say, um, now we're speaking about that part in the second one. Uh, in the second film, I when seeing that part, I was like, "All right, this part is crazy." Due to the fact that you see what happened, and his parents are just like oblivious to the fact that you have witnessed him get embarrassed by it and humiliated in front of the whole audience of like maybe like fifty to sixty people, and you knew yeah. he had a solo coming up. You told the whole family, "Hey, he has a solo coming up." The uncle, for whatever reason, just hates this kid, like. He hates him. And then his older brother does all this. He retaliates, like you said. He pushes everybody on accident. He only pushes his brother. And then he, they all like, you're worthless. You're scum. You're a jerk. I'm like, dang, y'all really going in on this little kid. <laughs> like, this is terrible. And they're like, you still got to go sleep in the bed with your cousin and pee in the bed. Like, why do I got to get peed on as my punishment? And y'all try to forget me again? Like, uh, I don't I'm know. T- it's terrible. I'm telling you, the, the family is the the whole family, and not just the parents, are the real villains they of, really this, are. of this franchise. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. Aunts, the cousins, everybody. And then since we're talking about the family, I see why, now rewatching it, I see why everybody every year brings up this movie and they talk about the parents and they wonder what does this family do financially because i didn't realize it in the second one when the credit cards um if no one's seen home alone and you've never seen home alone 2 just to give you the backstory uh real quickly the McAllisters are extremely wealthy and they never say how they are wealthy when, I mean, they don't really need to, but they never say how these people are extremely wealthy in Illinois, like in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, Maybe they're in banking, maybe they're in finance, but they're like so wealthy that they're bringing in family from Ohio. And he was flying them out in the first one, like on a round trip through Paris. Yeah. Champagne through first class. And he forgot his kid. Um, <laughs> he forgot his kid. Kevin went bald out on the first one, had the lights on in that huge house. And I thought all those kids were his until you find out he only got like four or five kids. Then Yeah, the, it was like cousins. Yeah, um, it was cousins. Yeah. And then in the second one, Kevin goes to like the most expensive hotel, has a limousine. And you kind of feel bad. He like, dang, he really run up the credit card. But no, you don't. Because mm-hmm. you realize, hey, his dad is extremely rich. And then the dad's like, oh, well, maybe he's smart enough to go to my brother's house. And the wife's like, oh, well, uh, why would he go there? Oh, he probably has a house sitter. A house sitter? How rich is this family bloodline? But it makes you wonder as well, though. Like, you and I have both worked with pretty wealthy families. How are you guys still forgetting your child? You don't have a nanny? Like, 
If you're well, that rich, I don't understand how you don't have a babysitter or a nanny just on standby. I don't even think the forgetting him is the big thing. It's the comfort of which they had without him. Because those scenes when they're not with him, they're they just really they forgetting feel, them. And they were okay with yeah, it. Because, yeah, they because like, oh, Kevin's not bothering us for the first time. So <laughs> they're like enjoying their time until they realize and, and it ain't even nobody else. It's the it's mom. The mom. <laughs> oh, the we mom. forgot Kevin. <laughs> Because yeah. they're having such a good time without him. Everybody else was, mm, do we really got to go get him? The dad even was like, you know what? Maybe we should go to the hotel. And <laughs> they did not care about Kevin like that. So at the end, it always kind of sucks because like, oh, Kevin, we really missed you. No, y'all did not. That's why on the first one, you're like, dang, is he going to hug his mom? Like, is it bad that he doesn't hug her? And then she, I'm so sorry. And he, all right. <laughs> like, and then they all come back in. So what you've been doing since we've been gone? Just hanging around. Like, this man has been on a whole adventure. He's been fighting off bandits. And that's why the, he was giving out life advice in both films. Like, rekindling families. Dog, see, that's also, like, unbelievable to me. <laughs> the whole life advice thing. You don't believe a nine-year-old can come up and just give you world-changing advice, life-changing advice? It's the same feeling I have with um, a mod from Soul Food. <laughs> Those kids know. The kids know. The way the script dictate these kids is way too mature and knowledgeable. Hey, I'm trying to tell you, I've worked with kids. I'm trying to tell you, these kids be knowing the future, man. I'm trying to tell you. It, I'm not saying kids aren't smart, but the way they write these kids is like, oh, he knows exactly what to say to this old man so he can rekindle his family. I will say this. Kevin McAllister was a tad bit more... Kevin McAllister's advice was a tad bit more believable than Ahmad's advice. Um, than so and soul food because his like life advice came off more realistic. Like it came off more mm-hmm. so like a kid, like something a kid would have said. Yeah. And what Ahmad was saying, Ahmad was, you need to go and Ahmad was coming off like you need to go get an LLC and build, <laughs> build back banking. <laughs> like it was like, all right, calm it down to be like 11 like you really need to chill out uh kevin was like i don't understand why you're not back with your family like why not like it, i don't know it was something like a kid would ask but i get your point definitely like you are giving these kids like advice that's like really life-changing and at the same time the adult's like why am i even speaking to you yeah. you're a little child so it made sense but these are like the oh. only two Home Alones that are actually worth watching because oh, the yeah, rest these of the franchise are the, <laughs> Yeah, these are the only ones in the Tyree canon. <laughs> the third one don't exist to me. Uh, I think I seen the third one as a kid. Um, nope, this is it. I ain't never watching these again. I will say, I feel like this. these are like white people's biggest like fear. <laughs> They wrote a, 
So it's like the second one, they're like, okay, made this movie. Now we need to go bigger in terms of like what actually scares us. And it's like New York in what you see they painted scary is like the homeless lady, mm-hmm. um, the women on the street, um, mm-hmm. the taxi cab driver, all this like they painted as like really seedy and like dirty and scary. So I'm like, is is this what white people was afraid of? Like inner cities? <laughs> I can see that because I'm like only only two black people I seen in this whole movie was the fake jewelry person and the flight attendant. And I was yeah. dang, that's it for all of New York. If I was somebody <laughs> if I was somebody that never lived in America, uh, this is it. And both Home Alone films, cause oh, because if I was basing it off of the first Home Alone movie, it was a store clerk. Um that's it in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the whole Chicago. <laughs> and I'll I'll also say they did not need to bring uh the wet bandits back for this movie not at all they weren't like used jo- at all joe pesci is good um but they could have just kept it to the hotel clerks mm-hmm. and uh, the hotel workers they were basically the new version of the wet bandits yeah and you just kind of the joe pesci and david stern uh, i think that's his name uh were basically just like Daniel Stern, sorry, uh, were reprising their roles and like came back for no reason. Yeah, it they really came back to get beat on. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the whole reason. Like, and their premise made no sense because it's like, man, we didn't escape prison during a prison riot, and we going to New York, and <gasps> out of millions of people, we ran into him, who we ran into in Chicago, who put us in prison. Out of millions of people, New York is one of the biggest cities on in America, and we ran into this kid at this time in this place. Like what? It it, it what? just it like it wasn't really believable, but I, I get why they did it. You know, um, funny up in the up in the states making it bigger, but yeah, we we didn't need those two. I'm like it. It makes me want to go back and like try to find the advertisement, the promo for this movie. Like, what was the the promo for Home Alone one and two during that time? Especially Home Alone two. Like, what brought people to the theaters to like? Oh, they're back again. He's back one more time. I feel like it was the New York aspect. True. It's the oh wow, he's lost in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, that's the name of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really that there. Oh wow. He has a bigger playground. How's he gonna how's he gonna navigate New York? I mean, the long line is he's up past his bedtime in the city that never sleeps. <laughs> so and I mean, you know those old movie uh like promos is he's up again what can he do and guess who's with them the wet bandits hey harry hey marv we're back again <laughs> it's like catch it in december like that's, that's pretty much how the movies used to be 
Like, yeah. I mean, if I was like eight or nine years old, I'm, hmm, you know what? <laughs> I go see it. I, I will say the defining shot of this series and the only one I really think about when I think about the movie is the kid in the children's hospital looking oh, at man. Kevin. Oh, man, that's so sad. The music and everything. I'm like, it's oh, the man. saddest moment of the franchise. And they stay on it. Then it goes back to Kevin. And I think he says, like, the corniest line on the man. It is. He's he's like, um, <laughs> they can do everything, but they can't mess with children on Christmas. <laughs> then they change the music, and it just goes right back into <laughs> It's the, so corny. <laughs> it goes right back into the um he has to fight um the wet bandits. No, like that was such a good moment that y'all just ruined. <laughs> but she I to an extent I get it because it's so serious. It's so serious. Like your audience base is like probably six to like thirteen. And you really are giving them like a serious moment right there. You probably got kids in there like, wow, I'm crying. Like, I'm really in tears. That's the only moment that really like, like really connects with me. Um, I think the reuniting with his mom at the end is um, pretty nice too. But um, I think that's a little... It's a little forced, but the the kid, the scene with the with the kid in the hospital, I'm like, all right, that's that's real sadness right there. I read um earlier that there, because I've always wondered, like, man, I really wish they would have showed more scenes on the first film of them in Paris, like actually mm-hmm. even going and enjoying a vacation, just a smidge. Like, could they have just went to Paris and maybe like went for a day? And then been like, dang, we don't got Kevin. Like, just at least enjoyed it. And then, man, oh, they, like, cause she realizes, like, halfway on the flight, then, wait, we don't got Kevin. Like, you didn't even get to enjoy the champagne. You just, like, <laughs> they were still pouring it. Like, Uncle Frank is pouring it to the top. Like, because <laughs> you noticed he was like, oh, well, we don't got him. There's others, like, you know, but I read somewhere where there actually are scenes that it uh, they filmed them in Paris. So mm. there was plenty of scenes of them in Paris, but they did a test screening for the audience when the movie came out or was about to come out. And the audience was, uh-uh, we don't they want They enjoying this. it too much. <laughs> uh, well, they didn't like that it didn't show Kevin. They were like, this movie isn't about the family. We want Kevin. Oh, dang love to see more how shitty the family was. (laughs) I'm like, I guess I get it. It's in the 90s. People are like, we don't want to see that. I want to see the actual kid. (laughs) So I'm like, I guess I get it. Like, I I feel like it would work now, but back then, they were like, "Uh uh-uh, we want to see who we paid to see. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Uh, I will say the and they brought they brought it back um in the second one too, but the use of gangster uh, movies mm-hmm. as like audio to scare off the um people. Mm-hmm. Which was brilliant. I used to think those movies were real. They're not? 
You didn't know that? I used to really think those movies were legit real. They No, I I, I never really paid it that much attention to it, but I I guess it'd be a fake. I just never thought about it. I looked it up a couple years ago when watching it and I was like, What is this movie? And they're uh they made those movies for these uh for Home Alone and they're mm-hmm. just like I guess fake films. Uh, the first one was a fake film uh, that's like basically a remake of something and they made it for Home Alone and then mm-hmm. people liked it so much and they're like well screw it. we're just going to make another one for Home Alone 2 and mm-hmm. that's basically the case but everyone has looked for it they're like what is it what's this film and they're like no it's not a real movie it's just kind of like a fake film based off of a real gangster film and it's like I wow. will say that second one is kind of wild. It's insane. Like he he's shooting the lady because she was cheating. <laughs> like what? He you slept with all these men? Really? I'm grabbing my Tommy gun, and it's like what? No conversation, just instant bullets. Like all right. He unloaded <laughs> on her. Like, it's like, crazy. It was just like instant violence. Like okay. I don't know, man. This movie is... I, I like Home Alone 1 and 2 for... Especially Home Alone 1 for the fact that it feels like... And I feel like there's certain films that somewhat capture it a little bit today. Um, but Home Alone 1 especially because when re-watching it today, earlier, earlier today, this morning, there was a thing they did in the supermarket, and I'm going to get back to my point. The a way they shot it in the supermarket when he was shopping on the first film, they had the camera at a lower angle and mm. like his eye line. And I'm like, you don't get that usually in films. You usually get it where it's like from the adult point of view or you get it from somewhere else. You don't ever mm. get it from the kid's point of view of like where a child would be like, like their height. And I feel yeah. like that's where films should be at. Like, where is the child looking at an adult, mm-hmm. their height, or, like, the dialogue of a child? And I feel like that's such a good, like, John Hughes script. And there's a few scripts out there, or a few films out there right now, where, or in the past few years, that capture kids, um, especially, yeah. like, in the holidays, because it's, like, some of the best times. But I really like Home Alone 1. Home Alone 2, we've spoken about it. It's a little wonky, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good nostalgic films because I feel like they capture the essence of the times of like, you know, 91, 92, 93, I guess. But they're whatever <laughs> yeah. for the time. I, I think they capture Christmas time uh, really well. And I think it's a Christmas of the past, too, mm-hmm. um, because I don't think Christmas is feel like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Um, because, you know, global warming and everything, and snow is not really on the ground anymore a, during Christmas. What is snow? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, they maybe both um, comfort films for a past time. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't know necessarily if I really love them. Um, I think I think they're good, but I don't know if I necessarily like love them and hold them in super high regard. Um, after rewatching them uh, this time, 
That makes sense. But I agree. I feel like they're a film that shows a, a different world that we lived in at one point. I mean, they're older than us, but you know, they're classics that are always like reshown on what TBS or now Freeform. Um, yeah, uh, Dis- uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, I seen it on Disney Plus. Um, but it, I don't know. I just thought it was crazy, like the whole airport terminal thing, and I was just like, "This is different." Like, and then the lady just constantly leaving her son at home. Oh, this is not allowed. Like, how are you just constantly leaving your kid at home? And you're just like, "Well, I left him at home last year. It is what it is." Like, yeah what <laughs> like what like some people can't even leave their kid at home and just go to the store and let somebody know like yep. like alright you left them at home for like days yeah. different times <laughs> pretty much but I don't know man Home Alone it, it, it's one of those movies that's all I can say it's just both of them they're just one of those movies we only speak about Home Alone 1 and 2. Uh, I don't know. Did they even come out with others after this? <laughs> if it didn't have Macaulay Culkin in it, then I don't I don't address it. No. Those, yeah, those get no play. Not at all. It, it's like the, it's like, like Mike 2. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. That's a different conversation for a different no. day. <laughs> That's a different conversation for a different day. That's an awful movie. Anyways, to wrap <laughs> to wrap this up, our next our next one is the big one. We got the big one this Christmas. A classic. That that's real movie uh, <laughs> movie history. <laughs> we got. We got a classic on our hands. So, any last words? Uh, oh, I guess I never asked you to let people know. Where can they actually find you? Do you want people finding where you're at, like social media or anything? Or no, do you not want people knowing like where you're at in the world? I don't want people to find me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> never no, mind. Uh, you can find me is. Tyree Harris um, Instagram I think the Tyree Harris Twitter Mm. Um, yeah I'm active on both so you can go find me on there and get updates on me if you so please (laughs) (laughs) well alright man I'll uh, we'll be back with another one very soon it's gonna be this christmas